This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room And it's time for another of our In Conversation series. In this town You're out of luck Each week we catch up with a present or former Yobotown player or a celebrity fan to discuss their life within the sport. And we catch up with a bit of their favourite music as well. And this week I'm delighted to say that our guest is none other than Mr. Yeovil himself, assistant manager, player, coach, academy coach, it's Terry Skiverton. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to have with us somebody I've been trying to get on the show for ages now, Mr. Yeovil himself, Terry Skiverton. How are you doing, Terry? Yeah, very good, thanks, Harry. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Getting a bit fed up with this stuck inside, but there you go. You've got to get on with it, and that's the way it is. Ah, that's right. As long as everybody's safe, that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, Terry, we're going to talk about your career, and, I mean, it's quite a a long and fulfilling one. Um, You were born in 1975 in Mile End in London, and initially you joined Chelsea, yeah? Yeah, well, I started my career when I was... um, very young. I didn't actually start football till late. So um, it was about, oh, I would say, secondary schoolish, 11, 12. That's where I started sort of getting into football. And I had quite a quick turnaround. So yeah. by the time it was after about two years, um, I was within the space of two years, I was at West Ham, Arsenal, um, uh, Chelsea, Leighton Orient. There was a lot of the London teams. Uh, I was at yeah, Norwich City as well at the time, West Ham. So I was, um, yeah, I was somebody that was quite in demand. I think physically I was quite powerful as a as a young player, and uh, maybe I wouldn't say I was the most skillfulest, but it was no, it was um, it was an exciting time. And uh, I used to go around, and by the time I got to about fourteen, out of all the teams that offered me stuff, it was um, Arsenal was another one. Mm. It was out of um, it was out of Norwich, um, Arsenal, West Ham, or Chelsea. Funny enough, yeah. And um, and I ended up going to Chelsea because they offered me um, like a better pathway. So I had two years schoolboy, two years apprenticeship, and then a two years pro offered to me at fourteen. Mm. Do you, do you ever wonder, thinking back, you had all those offers, Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, Norwich, that had you gone a different route, whether your career would have panned out differently? No, no, I don't really. Because Roy O'Brien was at Arsenal at the time. Yeah. So, and he was a very good player. So it was, you know, it was it was just the one that I felt most comfortable with. It was a team that 
when I used to go training, the uh, the management there and the coaches there really looked after me. And I got thrust into, I think it would be illegal now, but um, I got thrust into a, a world where, you know, for two days a week, I wouldn't even go to school. I'd be training every every week. Yeah. So I used to get took out of school. They'd applied for that. And, um yeah, I was playing with I was playing with the youth team when I was uh, 15 years of age, which was the under 18s. And then, you know, I remember playing at um, I think it was 15 or 16 playing for the reserves. So it was um, getting to play with people like Kerry Dixon, um, Ken Moncow, Erlen Johnson, a lot of the big names of one mm. when they were coming back from injuries. That you was you was in that sort of environment. Yeah, so yeah. It was a it was a it was a tough school, but it was one where. Um, you know, if you didn't have character, you would, you would go under really quickly in these kind of environments. And I loved it. I loved the pressure of it. And I loved, you know, I loved being around um, the experienced pros. But it sounds as though, you know, if you were, you were kind of three years ahead of yourself, then if they're under 18s and you were 15, so that must have shown yes. promise straight away. Yeah, I mean, I th- in the, in the um, under 18s at the time, it's people like Jason Cundy, Frank Sinclair, Damian Matthew, David Lee. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of there was a lot of real sort of good up and young uh, up and coming young professionals at the time. And um, yeah, I was I was put into a quite a you know it was quite a harsh environment to be honest with you. It was a lot of you know players that were you know they had a lot of character and charisma and you know they liked to they like to fight in training and a fight you know on a Saturday night and yeah. you know there was a lot of a lot of hard people around and then you got into the first team squad with the players that they had it was Dennis Wise Mick Hartford Vinnie Jones you mm. know there was a lot of um, yeah there was a lot of massive characters at that time as I said before Kerry Dixon and um, and Chelsea it was a great club it was um, it still is but it was it was a little bit more sort of working class back then and it was uh yeah, it was it was a club that was on the up. Long before Mr. Abramovich, that's for sure. Yes, yes, it was long before that. It was Ken Bates, funny enough. Yeah. He was the, um, he was the, the owner at the Right, time for the first of Terry's musical choices, and it's from the film The Greatest Showman, and it's called From Now On. with kings and queens the politicians praised my name but those are someone else's dreams the pitfalls of the man I became for years and years I chased their cheers a crazy speed of always needing more but when I stopped and see you here
Well, that's from The Greatest Showman, and it's called From Now On. So you, you were at Chelsea for five years, according to uh, Wikipedia, and then uh, yeah. during that time you went out once on loan to uh, Sand... Sand Gifford? Is that right? Yeah, Sand Yeah. Went on loan to um, a Norwegian team. Yeah, I was out there for three months. There was one of their... I think their owner came down and was watching us train and took me and a player called Zeke Rowe out there. So um, it was a... A really, really good experience. Different culture, uh, different way of life, and uh, it was uh, it was a really exciting time. We was we was brought out there to try and stop the team from being relegated. They was in, I think, a division below the top division. It might have been two. I'm not sure. They used to get crowds of, uh, I think, it was about 2,000, 1,500, 2,000. Little stadium. Uh, now they've actually got a really big stadium. I think the club's gone on and on and on. Yeah. But, uh, um, no, I really enjoyed it. And it again, it was a, a totally different way of life, and it was, uh, you know, it was an eye opener to see that there is, you know, there, there is other countries out there and experience foreign lands, different cultures, and it was it was a good part of going away from home when I was young and, and learning how to look after myself. What did you think of Norway as a country? Did you like it? Yeah, it was beautiful, mm. beautiful place, and um, you know, really clean country. Everybody had to do national service. Yeah. So there was like a real, um, yeah, a real emphasis on what discipline. Country, everybody, yeah, discipline, and, and everybody doing their part for their country. Yeah. You know, they were really, um, really passionate about their country. Where, you know, sometimes if you if you like that, you can be considered a certain type. In England, hmm. over there, it was you know it was a strength more than somebody saying it's a weakness or you're not so multicultural. So it was it was a good place. I really enjoyed it. There were some lovely people out there, and I had a fantastic experience. And it helped me when I come back to then you know not have to sort of live at home and, and know that I could look after myself and live live away from East London. Yeah, yeah. And then you went out a, a, another loan spell to Wickham. Um, yeah. he, he played 10 games according to this uh, scored a goal as well it says here um, and then you finally you, you had a permanent uh, move to Wickham yeah yeah I, yeah. I first went on loan under Martin O'Neill mm-hmm. um, he'd been down to I think watch us he'd watched us a couple of times and uh, it was him and a, a guy called Steve Walford and yeah. Paul Franklin they were the, the coaches and the assistant manager under Martin and um, yeah I am um, Got asked to come in, uh, play, I think, Jason Cousins, uh, the right-back, he'd had an injury. So, just got, I got asked to go and play. Um, I, think, no, I think it was, I've actually played against them for Chelsea pre-season, and I was marking Civil Regis, so, oh, yeah. Best his soul. So, yeah, yeah, that was a little bit of a handful. Yeah, I bet within he was. Two minutes, <laughs> within two minutes from my first header, I jumped to try and win it, and um, it cut my eye open, so I was having to get stitches. I think I was only... 17 or 18 at the time and that was my my introduction to playing against somebody of the caliber of um Cyril Regis and the strength of him he was like a hmm. he was like an absolute man mountain yeah so um yeah then Martin O'Neill must have saw something so he took me and I, I, I spent the season sorry the um the last I think it was the last three months and um it was unfortunate because we missed out we missed out on the league one playoffs by at one point yeah. So it was a little bit of a disappointing season, but I went from Christmas onwards, and it was it was magnificent playing under Martin O'Neill, real man manager, and um, you know a, a real tactician. Not so much on the training field, but 
on a match day, he was somebody that could really motivate people. And his in-game tactics and the substitutions and the way we get people going was um, it was it, it was something that would come on with the rest of my career. Yeah. Um, so, how did you end up at Welling then? Did it, was did Chelsea sell you to them, or or did you think it was no. time to move on, or what? No, I went back to Wickham Wanderers under Alan Smith. So um, a year later, Alan Smith then um, asked me to go on loan. So I went on loan with. I think it was, I think it was with, yeah, maybe two months, two, two or three months of the season to go. I went back to, I played another 10 games at uh, Wickham yeah. under Alan Smith. And then at the end of that season, uh, season I think they were going to let me go. So um, um, I, um, what was it? I went, we played in a, a reserve team cup competition. Um, I can't remember what it was called or if it was called Docks Hill Cup or something like that mm. and we played against Fulham and it was at um, Craven Cottage Yeah, and I was playing centre half at the time and um, yeah we, we played we actually won that cup final I'd scored two from centre half and I think um, was it had been oh, I'm not sure who the manager of Fulham was at the time but yeah. it was a time when I think Terry Angus was playing for the first team and it was I think they was it was just it was about maybe two or three years before um, it started to kick off there at Fulham they was in they was in the bottom division I think hmm. and um, I think they wanted to sign me so and then straight after the game um, Alan Smith came down and offered me a year's contract so I actually signed a contract right after that game where I was just about to get released and I got offered another year. So yeah. I had a, I started that season with Alan Smith and then he was sacked, I think, maybe three or four months in. Then John Gregory took over. And then I just wasn't, you know, I, John Gregory wanted to bring a lot of his own players in. So at the end of that season, I was I was released by Wickham Wanderers. And then um, the next season, I went to Barnet. Uh, under John Steele, so I played all pre-season for him. We just got to the beginning of the season, and uh, I was expecting to get offered a contract. And uh, all he could offer me was a month, so I was a little bit, you know, annoyed yeah. that I'd spent that much time there. Then Kevin Howes come in and offered me um, a year's contract. So um, yeah, so I ended up signing for Welling for a year. More music now, and this. Saint Petersburg when I saw it was 
I mean, it's the Rolling Stones and Sympathy for the Devil. Sympathy for the Devil there from, of course, the Rolling Stone. Uh, was it about this time that you had um, dreams of being a, a television star as well? Yeah, well, I, you know, it had been at the end of that year. I, I was out of work. Um, as I said, got all the way to the last weekend or two weekends before the season would start. So I was only be offered a month at Barnet, uh, which had, was, was no sort of... You know, longevity in that, and after a month, you you wouldn't have a contract, and yeah. anything could have happened. And I maybe you'd gone there and, and 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 done really well, but you didn't see it. So I went to Welling United, and Welling was uh, it was just a club of people that would work all day, they'd work hard, they would get up on a Saturday morning and go and play their hearts out. And we was like the underdog, so to speak, of. Um, of the conference. I think they've been promoted a couple of years before. Um, and, and that was a real turning point in my career, I think, where I'd been a bit part player everywhere that I'd been, sort of been in and out as a young player. And, um, yeah, went there. I remember the manager was a fantastic guy, a boy called, uh, a man called uh, Kevin Howells. I sat down with him and I just said, you know, what's it going to take for me to get back into the league? I want to be a league footballer. I want to play 100 games in the football league. And he just said, just be reliable, Terry, and start winning the ball in both boxes. Yeah. He said, you've been at Chelsea, you think you're a player, you think you can get the ball down. He says, you're going to make money by using your head and not your feet. And I went, what do you mean? By thinking. And he went, no, <laughs> by just heading it 50 yards. He said, stick to what you're good at. Yeah, yeah. And I did that. And within a space of, I think, like a year and a half, two years, that was, you know, my, my chance to actually get back at a club that we felt really that could challenge um, to get back into the league, which was Yeovil. But while I was at, uh, when I was at Welling, I, was, I had a couple of jobs as well. So um, I sold photocopiers, faxes, and computers and network systems. Yeah. With a with a yeah with a guy called Paul Copley that got me in. Were you any good at it? I got the. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I did the job for, I think I did the job for maybe six seven months. Yeah. Was, was yeah. out. Got a, a company car, going out selling stuff. Um, the camaraderie was brilliant and, you know, learned about sales and how to sell and how to, you know, market yourself and, and, and make money, really. And it was yeah, uh, yeah. it was really enjoyable, but it, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And then I think after that first six months of doing that, I had a chance to go to the Dream Team and I ended up working as a choreographer and used to sit in there and help with script meetings and... I think from the sales point of view, you could go in, it, it taught you how to talk in front of the different people and how to present and how to, you know, come up with storylines and telling them stories about what used to happen and they would always take it and over-dramatise uh, over it. And, um, yeah, it, it was a real good time. And it was also, because I was doing that, I used to be in it as well where, you know, I was in it as a coach along with a guy, John Salthouse, and the guy that was running it at the time and the producer was a guy called Rob Brown, really good guy, really clever guy. And the way that he would sort of mix up the kits and make Leicester City look like Hartrister United. And <laughs> we would go, we would film at Millwall and he would do all these close-ups with the players and he made it look so realistic at the time. And it was, you know, I was part of that for, I think, two years, two, three years I was. More music now and this time it's the Happy Mondays and Step Up.
Well, there we go, Terry. A mic band for you. Happy Mondays and step on. So, I mean, did, did they come? Did you did you apply for the job, or did they come and find you and pick you out, or you know? No, they 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 come and found me. So a guy called John Hollins was doing it at first. Yeah. And uh, I think he was trying to go back into football. So what the John Hollins? You woman, mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the old Chelsea player. Yeah. So, and there was um, a woman that lived upstairs, and she was actually working in the production side of it. And because I'd been out of um, full-time football, they were looking for someone that that had been in professional football. And she mentioned my name. So they asked me to go down. And actually a funny story. My brother, because I wasn't driving at the time, my brother said he would take me down. And uh, my brother, James. And when we got there, the guy said, look, I know what you look like, Terry. You don't need to be part of this. But can you help me pick out some players? I said, yeah, no problems. But my brother had actually took a pair of boots. So he wanted to be in it. Yeah. So he actually went for the thing, and he actually got in. So um, I used to do it with my brother, and in the end, I did it. I've got a lot of my old friends from East London, and there was like six or seven of us that was, um, yeah, we was extras within it. So it was really, it was really good. It was really interesting to see the actors and yeah. get little, little, little lines here and there. And then I would be in uh, the owner, a lady called Jane Hewland, and I'd be involved in the script meetings. So it was. It was really interesting and it was, you know, every day you'd come in and it was something new and something different. And mm. I've actually got a claim to fame is that uh, through my friend Paul Linger, because I was leaving the end of the next year, I ended up getting um, Andy Answer. Do you know the one that does all the Ronaldo commercials? No, I don't, but I'll carry, carry on. I'm, you, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, he's quite, he's really big in, in football choreography. He does all the Nike adverts. He's yeah, got, yeah. He, works, he just works in sport now. So he actually came in and did my job so you know maybe yeah. if I wouldn't have gone down the football I could have maybe have gone into the football choreography world which is uh, which really took off he did a lot of stuff with Wayne Rooney do you remember when he did the, the street football yeah I remember that yeah 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 that was him oh right and yeah Anderson was a guy that used to do it with him so yeah so it was it was a fantastic time and it was a real you know learning curve about different areas and different sides and it was exciting to be involved in a yeah. TV program for two and a half years was um, yeah. Did it pay, was really good. Did it pay well? Yes, but it's, well, I took a pay cut when I came to Yeovil in the end full time. So oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, when I first joined at Yeovil, I could still do Dream Team. So I'd do Dream Team all week. Yeah, come down to Yeovil on a Friday, so we'd do the game on the Saturday, come back, and then do Dream Team again all week. So they they wouldn't work on the weekends. Mm. So you're at Yeovil 1999. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether Prince was around then, but uh, um, uh, according to this, 328 appearances in the league and 38 goals in the league. Saying about right? Mm. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't remember anything. No. <laughs> too, too many knocks on the head. Yeah. But, um, uh, but you know, you, you came and, uh, you know, I, I obviously first came across you in uh, 2000 when I joined the club and... Um, course we had the first big thing really was the fa trophy at villa park yeah yeah i mean after just going back a bit when, when i first joined i was um i think it was adrian foster uh, jamie eaton and dave norton so mm. i think out of, there was four of us signed that summer and you had kevin brown steve stott dean charner ben smith warren patmore there was a lot of yeovil uh, i think they'd come second that year before and uh, God rest his soul, again, a lovely guy, Colin Lippiot, yeah. um, signed me. And I, I, and I still remember the only reason why um, I signed was because 
I think Al James Hannigan had just left. And um, I don't know whether he went to Woking or I can't remember what happened, but he was looking for a replacement. And there was a player called, um, I, was, I think it was a Stevenage captain. The name's gone there, Jason. Oh, God, my mind's gone blank, but Colin went to sign him. He was his number one. He was the non-league England captain and he didn't, he didn't get him. Or yeah. he was like, he was quibbling for more money. Yeah. And then Colin rang me up and just said, Terry, would you like to come? And I, I jumped at the chance. So I was, I think I was a couple of hundred quid a week cheaper than, um, cheaper than this other player that he was trying to bring in. And that was the reason why I came in. So when I first come in, it was, I didn't settle very well. And, um, yeah, I remember I, I didn't, I got, I got dropped for the first game and I was, uh, I was in the change, uh, in the change room. I was in the hotel. So I was rooming with, I think it was Warren Patmore, Ben Smith says yeah. a different story in his book. <laughs> yeah. I was in with Warren Patmore and, uh, I think he was where he normally was. He was sat down having a toilet with the door <laughs> open and the phone went and Colin said, can I, um, can I see you downstairs? And as he's done that, Warren Patmore's thrown something at me. He said, ah, ah, laughing. He said, you've been dropped. <laughs> so I've just seen this white thing that's come towards me. So I've jumped and muck about to head it. And I didn't realise it was a toilet brush. <laughs> where you used to do the inside of the toilet and it still had all the dirty water in it. So it was all over my face. I had to quickly clean up, then go downstairs. And then I got dropped for our <laughs> first game against Scarborough away at, um, in... Um, yeah, Scarborough away. Didn't they lose five nil that game? Yes. Well, beforehand, this is this was a funny bit in the changing room because I've been dropped. Uh, ben Smith said, "Tell, can I have two sugars in my tea, please?" <laughs> yeah. Meaning I was his slave. And then uh, we was four nil down, and um, Ben Smith got subbed at half time. So was ben, <laughs> ben was really disappointed in the corner, and he went, "Right, Terry, you're coming on." Says, "Yeah, no problems, Gaffer." And I went to Ben. Ben, save my two sugars for after the game, please, mate. My tea. So I got him back. <laughs> yeah. And we, I think we, we scored one. We drew 1-1 one, one second half, if I was right. I can't remember. Oh, it must be fine. And after that, I did, yeah, after that, I didn't look back. That's when I, I ended up getting yeah. into the team and becoming a little bit of a, reg- a regular. Time for another song now. And this time it's called My Hero and it's by the Foo Fighters.
There you go, that was the Foo Fighters and my hero. As I said, you know, the first big occasion, I suppose, because, I mean, you know, you've become a legend at Yeovil, was, was the trophy, and uh, by that time, I'd arrived on the scene. Um, yeah. Can you remember much about the trophy win? Yeah, very much so. I mean, again, I'll, I'd rather take you back a little bit before that as well, because like, after Colin Lippiet left, we had Dave Webb. Yeah. Dave Webb was the, was the one that made it all full-time, which I thought was the the real catalyst, really, for the way that we was going to move forward. So everybody had to take, um, you know, like what, what Warren couldn't really do it, could he? Because he had a really good job and he was earning really good money at Yeovil. So if you had to cut one or the other, hmm. it was always going to be a bit of a... But people like me, Ben Smith, um, we all jumped at the chance. All the young ones, Dean Charner, we all jumped at it to say, you know, he brought in Barrington Belgrave at the time. Yeah, I remember and it him, was yeah. a real Dave... Dave Piper, it was a real exciting time. And Dave Webb wanted to go with younger players, Anthony Tonkin, James Bent, Chris Wheel, Lindigard. He brought all of these young, hungry players in to compete at a tough level as well because there were some, you know, there were some big teams in the non-league then as well. And it, and it really sort of changed it round. And the, that was a change for me where I think if Dave Webb would have stayed that, that first year, that group would have got promoted, but there was a change. Colin Lippitt, uh, not Colin Lippitt, Colin Addison come in. Yeah. And, you know, another person, great experience. And we didn't quite make it at the end of that year. So that was really the change. We came second where we should have won it, really. We was out in front by a country mile, but, you know, certain things took over. And, um, yeah, that was the next season when, you know, Colin, Colin Addison went and then Gary Johnson come in and the, you know, the start of that season, we had some more additions, people like Lee, Aaron Way, um, I think it was, was it Michael McKinda, Adam Stansfield came yeah, in. Yeah, that's right. And there was a little bit of change. Jimmy Agri, Kim Grant. Yeah. Uh, Nick Crittenden. So there was a real, that was just a changeover of the progression of going from full-time to now that next year with, with Gary and him coming back from Latvia and, mm. you know, really wanted to take his opportunity in English football. And, yeah, it just it was a real good time and there was a real good timing to it. That's one thing that Gary was always a genius. He, he was very good at the timing of when to walk into a job or a new building. And, um, you know, he really galvanised the club, the people. We brought some real... At the time, it was like new methods in of how to look after yourself and... Um, the way that we trained and how we trained and everybody living in the area together it did it really took off and you know that first season was was magical that ended up in um, in winning the FA Trophy because he, he he was well into that um, what, hydration wasn't it he, you had to uh, drink so much water yeah. every day I always remember that one yeah, I mean, it's not rocket science now looking back, is it? But no, no, at the time, at, at the time, yeah, at the time, all he wanted you to do was just everybody had their own drinks bottle. That yeah. was all it was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but he was just constantly on it. Yeah, um, he had a he had a guy with him at the time, Mark Lader, who right, was a, yeah. like a psychologist that was starting to talk to the players individual, which was quite new at the time. And um, yeah, and we and listen, we had a real good one thing that he did. He brought in people like Colin Miles that were really good characters. Yeah. Not just characters as in, you know, like characters, Darren Way, again, Michael McKinder, all people that were really hungry and wanted to win. Mm. But, you know, we all hated losing 
more we'd win a game and we'd already be talking about the next game yeah so the yeah. winning the winning was good but when you got beat hmm. that feeling was so much worse than the feeling you got when you won yeah and that drove us all on yeah exactly and, uh, and we was a horrible it was a horrible group <laughs> like training it's, oh, it was terrible you asked people like Stuart Owsley and yeah. Thompson and you know if they gave a decision anyway they'd be getting hammered off of everyone so <laughs> But it was it was obviously the making of it because we won the trophy and the first sort of major trophy that Yeovil had ever won. Really, when you look at it, you know, I mean, all right, they'd won the Southern League Championship and stuff like that. But in relation to where they were then, that was that was getting into the big time now, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I think that was the, the first time where it was a group of, you know, I think Gary called us the Bash Street Kids at the end of that year, didn't he, or something? Yeah, but yeah. it was it was like a group of misfits, the Island of Misfits toys. Uh, come together with a, a good leader and a general that got behind it, someone who was really clever in the way that he, he managed individuals, managed the team, would let us run it ourselves and, you know, and knew when to come in hard and knew when to go soft. And, you know, my whole time, and that's my whole time, people said that Gary was, I thought he was a really clever man. And, and one thing was, I and mean, I never, never had a crossword of him the whole time I was there. No. Never fell out of him, never... He never turned around to me and, and, and hammered me. He hammered quite a lot of the other boys, but <laughs> there was maybe one or two of us that, that, that never really got that. But the, the level of respect that you would give him and, and, and he would give you, especially me as a captain, was, hmm. you know, it, it, was, it was stuff that I never really had leading up to that. The only person that was, was like that with me in the past was, you know, obviously the, the manager, Kevin Owls at Welling, and also, um, you know... Um, Colin Addison when he first sort of brought me in so mm. it was so I'm not Colin Addison I mean Dave, David Webb that was yeah. the, the one that made me captain because he knew me from Chelsea and yeah. the way that we sort of moved on was 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 exactly what we needed at the time and, and, and with, with Gary he, he sort of knew how to galvanise that and you know he's gone and done that at numerous other clubs as well last of Terry's musical choices now and it's called I'll Always Remember Us This Way and it's by Lady Gaga Butters on the sky Burning in your eyes You look at me Babe, I wanna catch on fire It's buried in my soul Like California gold You found the light in me That I couldn't find so when I'm all choked up but I can't find the words Every time we say goodbye, baby, it hurts When the sun goes down and the band won't play I'll always remember us this way Lovers in the night Though it's trying to ride We don't know how to rhyme But damn, we try
Lady Gaga there, and I'll always remember us this way. Winning the trophy, though, it sort of opened up such a whole new adventure almost, wasn't it? You know, we had the bus trip back, and you know, I can remember sitting on the bus with the trophy between my legs, literally, and Chris yeah. singing, um, oh, what's it called? Don McLean song, um, American Pie. Can you remember that? Yeah, I think that it took him the whole journey home to finish the song, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it probably did, yeah. But of course, then we went on, and, and I mean, you know, I haven't been so close. And uh, talking about being close to, I mean, you had the session at the, the, at the Belfry before we uh, before we actually went to Villa Park, and that, and you know, there was a. You're right. There was such a sort of a camaraderie between the whole group, wasn't it? It was amazing, really, at that time. Yeah, we had, you know, I remember uh, when we went to the Belfry, and it was a little bit of a, an unsung hero behind the scenes, but. We had the, the management staff was Gary Johnson, Steve Thompson. We had Stuart Housley, and then we had Mo, mm, yeah, Morris O'Donnell, yeah, and, uh, and obviously we had you as well. So you was always travelling with us, and Stuart Housley was brilliant in the team morale and getting the lads laughing and joking, and yeah. you know he was always there with a with a funny comment or. He, when it was just about to get a bit nasty, he'd always come up and come on and say something to you. And, mm. and Morris O'Donnell was always hammering everyone and shouting at everyone and geeing them up. And back in my day, I'd have had you up Nine Springs Hills. And, you know, so the lads respected Mo for what for what he used to bring to the party. And, yeah. and it was it was a real good, it was a real good, the whole staff. I remember being at the Belfry and we was having these meetings and... Um, I think Stewie was running around with a camera and before, oh, the, night God, before yeah. the game. Yeah. Night yeah. before the game, he was interviewing all of us and we're all saying. Um, all in bed, too, you were. Yeah, you know, the funny thing was, me, I think me and Lee Johnson made a, a video, didn't we? Yeah, you did indeed, yeah. And it was yeah. called Skivo and Jono's Trophy Adventure, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. And uh, I think you helped produce it for us, didn't you? So I did, we had, we yeah, had that and yeah. had the camera that was running through and. Yeah. And it was. Um, and I think when you, when you do that and you've got people that are following the journey and a lot of people are doing it now, this was sort of ahead of the time as well. Yeah. And I remember being interviewed and just saying, I'm going to win every header. We're definitely winning tomorrow. And then when you actually look back on it and then you see how everybody was in the, the same mindset, just through the messages that were being passed across with what Stewie was going in from one room to another room to another room. And it sort of binded it all together. And there was no way the next day, I remember speaking to Kirk Jackson after it, and he paid up front for Stevenish that day, and I said, Jesus, there was no way he was winning that game. Yeah. He said, Terry, we went into the game, and we you know, we thought, we, I said, no, nah, mate, you, you, you'd lost it before you'd even turned up, I said, because of what we'd done. Yeah. And that's what made him end up coming to us the next year. And, um, and no, it, just, it, was a, it was a magical time. And then as soon as we won that, I think we knew then that we'd got the formula. So the formula was there. All we had to do was just to make sure that we carried the momentum. You know, that summer, I never, I remember training even harder that summer. I didn't take a rest. Every day I was in the gym on the bike because I knew the next season it was going to be coming up against, you know, people like your Lee Trundles and, you know, mm. all mm. of these good strikers, you know, Grant Holt, and they was all in the, the division above. And as soon as we got promoted, 
you know, I think when I first come, everybody said, oh, Skiverton's not going to be good enough. We get promoted from the conference to League Two. Oh, he's not going to be able to handle it. He's too slow. And, you know, you hear these certain elements that are out there where people always dismiss you. And someone will always say you can't do it. The midfield's too small. That was another one. Lee Johnson will get found out with Darren in League Two. Mm. And it was, you know, and it was... You're always, you're always battling that, but it was just, a, and it was a, another chance for us just to carry on. And we were so excited about getting promoted that the next year was, we always knew it was going to be important. Hold it there a minute, mate. Um, just, just to, I'm just thinking aloud. We're, we're, our, we're, we're miles from the end. You've got, I'm, I'm conscious you've got time. You've got things to do. Should we, should we sort of get to a point, and then I'll do a part two and catch you another day to get the rest. Would that be yeah, would, on, that, would that suit yeah. you better? I'm just I'm yeah, just thinking, you know, because we, we've got all the bloody. Oh, I've had fucking four four texts. Yeah, so that's a good little part. So if we could just just finish off then and, and just do winning the conference, and then we'll knock at that. We can take league football and then management in the, in the next one when we get together to do that. If that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Go on in. Okay, yeah. so uh, you know we won that. We won the championship, uh, the conference, I should say. We won with a record number of points, record goal scoring. Um, it just goes to prove that Gary had really built up a team, and the the trophy win was was the kind of start of it. But then we we had a, a phenomenal season, didn't we? With with, with the, in the conference. Yeah, well, I, I just think it was, you know, when you actually when you actually look at it. I remember was it right at the beginning of that season, wasn't it? Um, I think Adam Stansfield broke his leg, didn't he? God rest That's his right. soul. In the, yeah, in the did. first game, and it was a bad one. And I remember we all. Hmm. Uh, we had to play at Dorchester. I'm like this. I remember. I think I equalised right at the end. We played. I think it was Gravesend. Gravesend. That's right. Yeah, it was. And we indeed. were so far off that first game that it was frightening. Because remember, we didn't really get out the traps that, that well. And I always remember as a like a funny story. We played against. Would it have been? I think it was Doncaster, and it was at. Um, it was at Dorchester. And I remember Denver. Remember the big strike. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he Abdullah, went clean yeah. through, and he, he touched it. And the goalkeeper was a massive guy. I think he's been at Doncaster, Butler. Mm. And um, Denver went down a little bit too too easy. And then uh, the goalkeeper got sent off. And he was going mad. He wouldn't leave the pitch. So everybody was trying to calm him down. And then just as he's gone to walk off, and Darren Way, you know, no matter, <laughs> no matter what you can say about him, he, um, just as he was walking past, and this guy is six foot four and he's six foot wide. I mean, an absolute animal. Yeah. He's walking past, he's swearing at everybody. And um, Darren Way's gone. Oh, on the, uh, if you want, mate, you can borrow my shower gel. <laughs> well, he's turned around and tried to grab Darren. As he's trying to grab Darren, I've grabbed him. Yeah. This guy has come and grabbed me around the back of the neck. So I've spun a, a little bit of the sly arm. Yeah. Um, so in the end, the goalkeeper got sent off. Denver got sent off. And me trying to look after Darren, I got sent off. <laughs> yeah. So I think we ended up winning the game, but um, well, I just always remember that looking in because I don't think Darren ever got sent off in his career as a player. Yeah. And um, and I always remind him of that, saying, "You trying to be clever, winding people up like he used to do on the pitch." Yeah. Ended up getting me and Denver sent off, <laughs> and he, he still would admit it. And I had to walk down the tunnel with his six foot. Talkies are six foot wide, and as we walked in, we both started laughing because he actually just said that was really funny in the end. So, <laughs> oh, well, it, ended, it ended friendly enough, then that's the main thing. Yeah, I think it would have been a 
Yeah, there would have been a few people go flying if anyone would have had to have kicked off in the tunnel there. I know that. So yeah. um, but, I'm not but, so sure about the uh, support. But that's that season, as I said, after that, um, it, we, we got sort of galvanised. I remember it was, I think, Kirk Jackson and Kevin Gall was, was our front two. And then um, it just started going on and on and on and on after that, didn't it? That conference year. Yeah. Well, then and then it, it, I think we we drew in the end. The last game was against Chester, if I remember right. And it was, it was yeah, it was on recently, I think. And, uh, and I think it was, Gavin Williams done a magnificent tackle on the halfway line, something he never done. <laughs> uh, beat two people, slipped Kevin Gould in, and Kevin Gould hit a shot that actually went in the goal rather than five foot wide with his fish foot. Yeah. He's calling fish for. It was like <laughs> slapping a fish at, the, uh, at football. Um, but he was, you know, Kevin was brilliant for us. Them, them few years he was here, especially that year we got promoted, he was, you know, he, he, he was absolutely on a different level. He was the quickest player yeah. over 25 yards. Uh, any ball over the top, if he was ever in doubt, you could just put it into an area and you knew that he was going to chase it down. And, and Kirk Jackson, you know, um, him and Warren Patmore was up there for me in them early days as the best players with their back to goal. Yeah. I mean, Kirk yeah. was so clever with his flicks, his feints, and the way that he would hold up play. He was a real good number nine for us that season. Yeah, he was. That's right. No, it was a it was a phenomenal season. And, you know, and to get in, to get into the league after all those years, two, 208, you know, 108 years or something, wasn't it, they were trying to get in. Uh, and they finally made it. And, and to be a part of that was... Because I remember I was going around taking pictures at the end of the game and everybody was celebrating like mad. And, I don't know, Plucky, I think, started it. And I had about 10 of you on top of me with my camera pushing <laughs> into, my, into my chest, killing me it was. But, you know, it was yeah, just that. I mean, one of, one of those... Sort, was, yeah. uh, do you know what? And it, we, I remember we, we won the league that day and we, I think we went out that night and um, I think Pete Barlow had put on... Um, a party at Globetrotters yeah. which was the local bar that's right and I yeah. remember we, we, went, we went in there and um, everybody was dancing on the bars drink was flying everywhere everybody was singing mm. we had all the local nutters that was out and they was all <laughs> partying and it was there was no trouble there was no one no fighting no nothing it was just a whole town celebrating in uh, Globetrotters I think we went Globetrotters and we went up to um, Terry Clare's place after that and we had a real real good party so um, it, no, it was good times. It was good times, and yeah. you know we had a group that during the season we would all look after ourselves, and then you know when the winning was done, we would go out and party and enjoy ourselves with you know our teammates and families. Absolutely. Well, look, Terry, thanks very much for doing this. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to do a part two because quite clearly we've only just got into the league now, so we've got all that to yeah. come yet. So, um, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry for being there for twenty-two years, H. That's why. Yeah, no. It's never. It, that's why. That's yeah. why I've never done it before because it's like a. Yeah, well, it's, you're. It's, it's, you're a total it's pain. Than Rocky, Rocky, one, two, three, and four. <laughs> well, we, I don't think we have to go to four, but we might have to go to two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. I appreciate it, Tell. Thanks very much for that. Well, that was Terry Skiverton, and uh, as you can imagine, he's had a long career at Yeovil Town, so much so that we're going to have a part two in conversation with Terry Skiverton, which will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So keep your eye on Facebook, and you'll know when it's going to be broadcast. In the meantime, thanks for joining us. Keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. a blow shoots up through the stony ground there's no room 
place to win in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you'd found a friend To take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace So beautiful 